Blog Talk Radio.
it's pretty exciting to me. It's amazing. It is. Yep. So um, this is Jean, and let me just carry forward. I'll tell you that I write the blog Unpickled, and for me, I fell into it quite naively. I understood a blog to kind of be an online journal, and that's how I treated it. And I thought maybe 20 or so people might stumble upon it, but, you know, the, the Internet is full of, of, of information, and I thought I would just hide like a little needle in the haystack. Um, I thought it was a journal that my family could just never find, and being on the Internet kind of gave me a sense of accountability that maybe someone could read it, but probably no one ever would. And I knew how how hard we worked in our business and in my in my music, how much work it took to promote those pages to get traffic. So I thought, well, if I don't promote it, it won't get any traffic um, for my blog. But uh, there was two things I didn't realize. One is that blog platforms give a kind of built-in promotion, and two, every single day, People around the world sit down at their computers to ask, how do I quit drinking? I thought I was the only one, but millions do all the time. So my blog took off from there, and uh, and I'm constantly amazed at how uh, the stories of, of my journey reach people around the globe on a daily basis. And one of those people was, uh, was Mrs. D, the funny, bubbly, 40-something mother of three from New Zealand, and uh, and you are known to people all around the world now, Mrs. D. Uh, you began your recovery journey in 2011, is that right? Yeah, September 6th is my sobriety date, 2011. September 6th. And from there, you started a blog that's had a huge impact. But let's go back to before your sobriety date and tell us a little bit about yourself and about your story before before the whole Mrs. D blog started? Yeah, well, I mean, I was a very happy, busy woman, um, married with children, had a career which um, lent itself very well to part-time casual work. So after I had the kids, I kept working off and on, and I was also doing some study. So I was very busy you know, there wasn't any drama in my life. I was everything was just going totally fine from the outside. But you know, in reality, I was just drinking an awful lot of wine all the time, and it was it, it started years before it got bad. But it was just a, a habit, a steady, regular habit, which slowly but surely got heavier and steadier and more dysfunctional and more determined. But on the outside, it, everything looked fine. So I felt very sort of lonely in my concern about my drinking. And I I did sort of try and talk to some people about it, but I was very Jekyll and Hyde about it because when I had a drink in my hand, I didn't want to talk about it at all. And then the next morning when I was hungover, I'd be in tears saying, I think I've got a problem. So it took me a long time to build up to the point you know, where I finally pulled the pin and realized I just, I could not moderate and I had to stop. And the blogging wasn't a a part of that process at all. I just um, was on my own in my own head, building up to the point where I put down, you know, had my last drink. And it wasn't until three days after I stopped drinking that I thought to start a blog. I had no idea what that was going to lead to. Um, what was it? Was there something that happened, or was there a, a moment, or or something that kind of made you realize that today's the day I'm going to stop, or um, 
Oh it yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I'd been, I'd, I'd spent a good two years trying very hard to moderate every technique in the book. I tried to control and moderate my drinking. I wanted to be a drinker. I loved drinking wine. It was a big part of my personality. I thought it was just a vital part of life, and so I really tried hard to to be able to keep drinking. But it got it was getting heavier and heavier and steadier and steadier and more dysfunctional and, and more obvious to me that I was losing control of it. And the last night that I drank, I, it wasn't a particularly bad night. It was a Monday night. I'd agreed with my husband that we were going to have an alcohol-free night and I didn't manage to keep to that agreement and I dashed, dashed out to get a bottle of wine when he was out with the kids and... I drank most of that bottle on my own very fast and then I panicked and I hid it in the cupboard from him. I got down on my hands and knees and I leant into the back of the of the cupboard and I hid the wine and then I stood up and and kept on going with the evening and it was it was just another night of me drinking far too much and waking up guilty and hung over. But this time, I'd, you know, I'd let deceit enter into my world. And where was I heading with this behaviour? You know, on my knees on the kitchen floor hiding a bottle of wine. Where was I going with that? And I just mm-hmm. knew, I absolutely knew, I cannot win this fight unless I take the alcohol away. The alcohol is the problem. It's not me, it's the alcohol. If I remove the alcohol, I fix the problem. That was my... That was my sort of realisation, my big moment, and I haven't touched a drop since. Mrs. E, this wow. is Catherine. I'm, I'm really, I'm just so struck too by your comment of it felt as though wine was a big part of your personality. It wasn't even just, you didn't even say just your lifestyle. It was like, but that's who I am. And I know I felt very similarly, uh, maybe a little bit different in that I was thinking, like I needed it to bring my personality out because otherwise I'd be more reserved. Um, but we hear that a lot from people who say, you know, I, I won't be me anymore. I won't be fun anymore. I won't be, you know, fill in the blank, any of any of these great things. And then to hear the sharp contrast of where drinking leads us to, you know, on our hands and knees, hiding bottles of wine or whatever each of our individual stories are. I mean, I'm just really struck by that and I'm it's it's so it's so refreshing to read your voice in your blog that your personality is so clearly not the wine. You know, it's it's who you are and if anything, you know, maybe the wine was hiding that from all of us. I think that's encouraging for people who are wondering what to do in sobriety to hear that um you know, it's not it's not who we are. Yeah, and I found that I was able to maintain and embrace the parts of my personality that I thought wine was vital for, which was my desire to be upbeat and have fun. Have fun is a big mm-hmm. was always a big one for me. So it was great when I got sober and I worked really, really hard on, you know, proving to myself that alcohol wasn't necessary for me to stay those things but I also really had to accept the part of my personality that I didn't really like and wasn't comfortable with which was the more serious me and the more 
the more mm. melancholy me at times or sad, the more yeah. emotional me. That was the part of me I didn't really want to know and I've had to get to know her to talk weirdly about myself in the third person since <laughs> I got sober. So, and that's been wonderful, but it's still hard sometimes. But I'm, I'm, I'm up for it because it's more real. It is, it is me to be sad sometimes, even though I didn't like to be at all. Yeah, right. it's, this is Jean. It's it's kind of a surprise when we um, all get to that point where we sort of have to just sit down with the part of ourselves that we tried so hard to keep a lid on and just, you know, let that part come out and, and be fully present in the room with us. And I'm yeah. kind of surprised now that I, I like I like the whole me, you know? The, the part I tried yeah. so hard to, to keep at arm's length, I'm like, I kind of like that part of myself now. It's It's not so bad being... Well rounded. <laughs> yeah. And so now bring us up to three days after you um had your last drink is when you got the idea to perhaps Yeah, and I can Tell remember the that. moment. I can remember the moment vividly because I was driving in my car and I was pulled up at the lights and I was thinking, now how am I gonna do this? It's only been three days, I'm determined, I've got to change, what am I gonna do? How am I gonna do it? I was I was setting out to do it alone, that was my intention, and I, but in the lead up to, to, you know, the two years that I'd spent trying to moderate, I had, on a couple of occasions, written myself letters in a notebook, saying, this is the kind of person you want to be, or think about what you, you know, to try, talking to myself with a, with a pen and paper, and I remember in the, in the car, three days after, I'd hidden the wine and decided to stop, thinking to myself, I know, I've been writing myself letters. Why don't I keep writing to myself? And I'll write every day and I'll convince myself, I'll talk to myself and I'll keep myself honest and that can be something I do to try and make this work. So I felt very, you know, it was, it was just an idea. I'm going to write to myself. And then I thought, well, I'll get a really nice notebook and I'll put it in my bedside table and I'll get a pen and I'll write every night. And then I thought, well, I type faster than I write, so I might as well type it on the computer. I'll get a Word document and I'll hide it on the desktop. And it was literally one thought led to the other. And then I thought, well, if I'm typing it on the computer, I might as well. I knew about blogging a little bit and I knew that you could get blogging templates they were freely available on the internet so I thought well I might as well go into one of those it's a pre-established um, notebook really of sorts but it's on the computer I'll write in that no one will know who I am it'll be hidden on the internet no one need know it's just where I can record my letters to myself and and that's how it began I mean I had no idea that it was going to turn into what it turned into <laughs> at all. <laughs> no, I, I, this is Jean. I am exactly the same. I had no clue that anyone would read it, would want to read it. It really was just, I, I really thought of it as a journal and that maybe down the road when I was ready to tell people in my family, it would be something that perhaps I could show them to sort of, make it easier to tell them or, or that I could use it as a resource, but I never dreamed. So now how did you feel as people started to, oh. as the traffic started to come to your blog and the, the, day, and the responses the day started that to I come? Got my first, the day that I got my first comment, it was honestly like someone had reached into my living room 
and just giving me a big hug. It was unbelievable. It, it was it was that tangible the the feeling I got from having this comment left on my blog. It was just a simple, you know, hi, your our story sounds similar. My husband's like yours. He doesn't really understand what it's like for us. Keep going. We can do this for ourselves. And I I cried and I just felt it was unbelievable. I just felt so amazing and it lifted me up for the entire rest of the day and it it, it was really amazing. I mean, it was just... And then the fact that comments kept coming and... It was absolutely crucial. I mean, I set out to do it on my own. I have no idea if I ever would have managed to do it on my own because I just didn't stay alone. People started helping me and the community grew. It's just a beautiful, amazing thing. I can't rave about it enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm well, just, this, this is, is Catherine again. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm just sort of, here as a bubble hour person and and not as a blogger like the three of you and um you know I'm remembering these nights of sitting in front of the computer with the glass of wine and sort of you know thumb in eye as I'm like in the bag and and googling things and <laughs> reading <laughs> reading blogs and um you know just sort of the tears coming down my face um and of course, it still took quite some time for me to, you know, finally surrender. But the, it's just funny to hear you. I guess, Jean, is that what you meant by the built-in promotion via blog, like that people are googling and yeah, that searching that, for um, yeah. they do. That it's it's the blog platform makes you more searchable for one thing, but yeah, also um, it if you comment on another blog. You know, then it tells that blogger, "Hey, Unpickled commented on your blog, and you should go right. see what she's up to." And so it's, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't really expect that. I, you know, I, I guess, um, and I, and I think what Mrs. D is talking about about that connection, that first comment, is that when you're trying to, when you are trying to maverick through recovery, it, it's not the flattery or the gra- or the. Um, uh, sort of gratification of having readers come back to you, it's the human contact of not being alone. Mm. Is that, do you agree, Mrs. D, is that what you felt? Oh, it's just that yeah. human connection and mutual support and the realization that I am not alone in this. And little Absolutely. by little we start to realize other yeah. people are on this journey too and other people have gone before and more people will come after. That's probably the biggest surprise to me. Mm. Was then, uh, you know, a week into it, the first person that messaged me and said, uh, "I'm on day one, and you're inspiring me." And I'm like, "Oh my goodness, <laughs> yeah. I'm barely making it through the day, and I'm inspiring somebody else." That that really uh, propelled me. I would say, it really made me realize that, okay, I have a responsibility here as well as a. Uh, it, it, I thought that the blog would help me heal, and and then it. It, you realize that it it's it's sort of um, circular. It helps other people, and that helps you, and around and round. Do you do you well, think to see how would you say that it served your recovery? Oh, people taught me things I didn't know. I mean, I hadn't done a lot of research, really. So 
I would be writing things like, oh, last night I had this voice in my head and it was telling me I should have a wine, I deserve a wine, why don't you just have a wine? Everyone has a wine, it's only wine, have a wine. And this voice in my head, you know, banging on at me and I resisted the urge and the next day I wrote a blog about it and someone would comment and say, well done, Mrs. D, and what you're describing is a called addictive voice recognition technique. And, and I'd be like, what? what's that? So I'd Google it and I'd hear about it and I find out that it's um, it's all about disassociating from that voice in your head and thinking of it as a, a horrible friend or a nasty person that wants to get you and if you if you talk about the voice or, or, um, or write about it then you're disassociating and you can start control. You know, just people taught me things. It was undoubtedly really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. And one thing, this is Catherine, that I appreciate about how you have some of your posts set up, Mrs. Deer, in the sort of month by month for the first year um, format, because I think we get those questions quite a bit, particularly from people in the first year who are saying, you know, we're all sort of desperately trying to figure out, are we normal? Are we normal? And it's like, I'm really tired in the first month. Is that normal? I'm having trouble sleeping. Is that normal? Um, or I've been at it for six months and that voice in my head is just like calling me. Is that normal? And so I appreciate that, you know, somebody who's sort of wondering about these things can, um, you know, click on your experience quite easily here. Yeah, and I did that also because as I got past a year or more sober and I, and the revelations weren't coming at me so thick and fast, so I wasn't writing, you know, I felt like what I was writing was still interesting, but it wasn't perhaps so informative about getting sober and what it entails. I wanted people who maybe were coming new for the first time to be able to find out that stuff easily, so... Um, because otherwise, if you just ha- go back through the history, it's quite hard to pinpoint, you know, where the good stuff is. For want of a better way of putting it, not the good stuff, the gritty stuff, you know, early on. Mm-hmm. That is true. It does get harder to to come up with new topics, sort of as you go farther into recovery, because, you know, it's not the most interesting blog post to say, uh, you know, how oh, hum, having like nothing to report. <laughs> <laughs> still sober, still here. Although, and yet that can be really encouraging. We sort of find that too, right, Dean? Like for the bubble hour, I mean, some every once in a while, I think, oh, or, or, have we, have we sort of plowed the fields here? Or have we covered yeah. every topic? And then, and then ten new things will crop up. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Um, Mrs. Z, about I want to talk a little bit about your readers and your relationship with your readers. Can you explain to us sort of what, um, who are your readers? What kind of people read your blog by and large, and, and do you find that it's a reciprocal relationship? Do they help you as you help them? What's that like? Yeah, um, I, don't, I, I don't, I mean, I know who my readers are from the comments they leave me and the occasional email that I get, and I know where they come from in the world because my stats um, page tells me where they're clicking from. But um, other than that, um, you know, I I get the feeling that it's predominantly women and a lot of sort of mothers and wives and and women who relate to particularly my story, obviously, because I'm a woman, although there are more men occasionally reading 
Um, and I think, yeah, I just, I just get this. I just feel like there's a swirling mass of people in the world who are really struggling with alcohol, and, and they're just freaking out at the thought of taking it away and what's that like. And I just really feel like my readers um, want to know that it's going to be okay if you if you if you take alcohol away. And I just really nowadays what I really want to write is and give the sense is that it's actually totally fine to live without alcohol trust me <laughs> I didn't think it was either but it is who could have thought so I, just, I, I feel imagined. a real warmth I have to admit I feel a real warmth and uh, with with the people that read and comment and, and it's genuine it's not it's not a made up feeling it's I feel genuinely really warm about my blog and the readers and the people that talk to me and me talking to them and I just I really love it (laughs) and the thing is this is Catherine again I mean I think that there's so many people who listen to this show who are still they're wondering about that very question you know is it going to be okay and I think back to I was terrified I wasn't a little bit afraid I was terrified of life without alcohol yeah and like who doesn't drink alcohol I mean you just it's I mind boggling to think <laughs> I just didn't I had no idea what kind of social life would I have would I have any friends my business life you know that just felt like it was so wrapped up with you know client stuff where I'd have to be drinking and I, I just I was absolutely terrified and so it's so great to hear such an enthusiastic voice that you know we're always trying to you know bring that through on the show so i'm just i'm feeling like yeah that's right sister <laughs> i feel the same <laughs> yeah. way you know yeah and I mean, Mincy, what about the... yeah sorry no no go ahead i was going to say you know some you know most of the time i'm totally absolutely delightedly happy to be sober I love it I wouldn't want it any other way and sometimes I almost feel thankful for my drinking problem that I was able to experience everything sobriety's brought me because it's just amazing but sometimes you know you feel a little bit glum sometimes you go home from a party and you feel a little bit flat because you were the sober one I mean I can't gild the lily and say that there's not times you know we live in a world awash with alcohol there's not times that yeah you know it's a bit of a it's a bit flat I suppose is the best way to put it but I would take those little flat times any day for the big picture, which is, you know, glorious sobriety, <laughs> than to go back to the guilty, miserable, boozy, horrible existence that I lived before. Amen. Yep. <laughs> now, tell us about the people in your community, your friends and your family. Do they know about your blog, and, and what's their response been for those that do? I kept it a, a, a secret even from my husband at, at first because I was so desperate in what I was doing. And then after I started getting comments, I told him about it and he was, you know, really amazed and, and proud and supportive. And then he and I were the only ones that knew for about a year. And then I, I got to the point where I was feeling more solidly sober, not so kind of scared and desperate and... Um, on edge 
and and the the blog had grown to just be this wonderful, warm, amazing community that I felt was my secret weapon, and it just felt weird that people didn't know about it in my life. So I I thought I'm at, I'm at a crossroads here. Either I stop blogging, or I need to open up my blog to my friends and family because I I can't live with this a, a big secret anymore. They all knew that I'd stopped drinking, but they didn't know that I was I had a blog. So I, I actually wrote a post saying, I'm stopping blogging, this is my last post. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I remember that day. <laughs> I, did oh, I, I made the decision in the shower and I wrote the post about 10 minutes later. It was a real snap decision and I just got this overwhelming response from people going, no, don't stop. And I was... And at the same time, I was also feeling like, why am I stopping this amazing thing? I, I need to not do that. I need to do the other thing, and I need to start telling people in my normal life. And so I sort of girded my loins and very nervously, very slowly told people one by one. And, um, you know, the response was, was pretty overwhelmingly supportive. I mean, there were a few people that felt a little bit, um, what's the word, missed a little bit. Oh, you know, why didn't you tell me earlier? But once I explained the process and it, it, why I felt the need to do it so privately and secretly for so long, they, they understood. And, yeah, and then it just suddenly it became more a part of, of my life. And now people, I, random people I meet at barbecues, I tell. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I this is Jean, and I have to wonder, I, I, because I did this, so I'm curious if anyone else has. As you tell people, and I haven't told a lot of people in my life, but, you know, people close to me know about my blog. Um, as I as I would tell someone, then I would, like, rush home and read through the posts thinking, did I say anything mm-hmm. that might offend them? Or, you know, I would try to read through it from their point of view. And yeah, then finally I just feel so like, listen, I can, Yeah. <laughs> Good, I'm not the only one. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> and then eventually a you. Chick. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually I realized, well, you know what? My my blog is the truth, and I wow. I have to stand behind it no matter what. So, uh, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one that did that. I thought it was quite hilarious when I realized, you know, what I was doing there. So, mm-hmm. Mrs. D, one more question for you um, from this string of questions. What what do you see as the future of your blog? What are your hopes? for Mrs. D is going without? Um, I I want it to continue because I love it and it's just a part of my life now and, and um, I, I don't know how it's going to continue or how it's going to develop. At the moment I post still about twice a week and I don't find that hard actually. The, the posts just come come out pretty easily. Um, so yeah, I'm going to keep going with it. Um, I'm about to. I've got a, a book coming out here, which is going to open me up completely. Who I am, um, and the blog, and how the blog got me sober. It, it, the book is just is called Mrs. D is going without, and it's going to tell the story. It's going to explain to people who have no idea how amazing sober blogging is are going to be able to see hopefully from my book how amazing it is and I imagine that's going to build more traffic to my blog and what I want to do because it's not about me it's about all of us the whole sober blogging community is then channel people through me 
you know, look at my blog role. That's why I keep it really active and I try and keep up with new bloggers because, it, it, as I say, it's not about me. It's about the big, wide community. And some people, they might be annoyed by me, and that's fine. I say, go and find a blogger that doesn't annoy you. There's so many voices out there. You've got to find your lamplighter <laughs> and, um, you know, just climb in. It, it, it works. <laughs> Well, that's great. Okay, so um, for listeners who want to find your book this summer, should they follow your blog to hear more about the book? Where will that information be found? Yeah, it'll, it, I'll, I'll post about it on my blog. It's coming. It's being published in Australia and New Zealand, and then it's going to be available on Amazon, and I'm not quite sure. I keep saying to my publishers, you know, because their, their market is Australia and New Zealand, I keep saying it's really important to me that my blog readers can get hold of it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let everyone know that, you know, it'll be around and about, I'm sure. Well, congratulations. That is very exciting and well-deserved. Thank you. So um, we're going to bring Kristen into our discussion, but Mrs. Z, I hope you can stay on the line with us so that we can sort of all join in this conversation. Um, but should we lose you, I want to thank you now um, okay. because you were, we we had we had uh, right down to the last minute getting you on the line <laughs> before the show. I'm just yeah, afraid I'll we're stay on the you, line. That's okay. Good, good. Okay, well. Let's talk to Kristen. So Bye Bye Beer is a blog that chronicles the recovery journey and life after alcohol for author Kristen. Hello, Kristen. Hi. Thank Hi. you for having me you've on. Been listening. Oh, we're so glad you're here. And you've been listening quietly, but we're going to get you in here because we want to hear about your experience too. So your writing style is a little bit more about reflecting on sort of poignant moments in your life and exploring those insights from your new perspective as a sober woman. And by new, I mean uh, you're coming up on three years, are you not? Yep, I just um, had about two and a half, uh, one oh, a little bit over two so and a half now. So, yep. Yeah, that's great. So, so you've been blogging through most of that. And so tell us a little bit about yourself, Kristen, what life was like for you before recovery and, and then how it led you to recovery and to blogging. Okay, Um You said about on the outside, my life was like it is now. I mean, I'm a mother of two kids, and I work, and um, I worked then, and I actually did a little first blog back then. Um, I, I don't have it anymore. I, I took it down, but so I was familiar with blogging, but I really I had maybe a dozen followers, maybe two dozen, and it was just something I did for fun, and because I've always liked to write, I've always journaled, and you know, found therapy in that. So. But I was also doing a lot of sitting at the computer at night with beer or wine or whatever I was drinking. And, um, you know, there was definitely a side that I I was pretty open about drinking, but not how much I was drinking and how much it was affecting my life. And the hangovers are probably the number one thing that led me to stop because they were, I, I couldn't function basically. And the only thing that would make them go away would be a drink. And... On the weekends, it was, you know, I would ramp it up and drink more, and so I would be incapacitated the next day, and I had to hide that because it wasn't acceptable to me to show that to anyone. You know, my husband, I think, had more of a glimpse than other people, but I was a very secretive, very private, um, in-pain drinker. And 
I knew that my drinking was a problem. I had tried, like Mrs. D said, to moderate for a long time. I mean, a really long time. And I tried so hard and bought books on moderation, and I quit for 30 days, and I thought, I, I can do this. And in the last year of my drinking, I just it kept snowballing, like everyone says that it does, and you think you can get back to that point that you were at before, and you can't. And finally, I think I admitted defeat, but I first I went to see a therapist, and I didn't, she was an addictions counselor, but it was her background, and I think that's why it shows her subconsciously maybe, but I went there complaining about how depressed I was and how anxious, and I think she gently asked me about my drinking, and at that point I was sort of moderating so I said, well, no, no, it's not that. And eventually I came back and I said, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm just, I'm done. I, I'm in too much pain and I'm going to stop. And she kind of pointed me to meeting recovery meetings at the time, which got me through, you know, the first, I think the first two months. And then I started, um, like, storing up a lot of emotions and questions and, and new territory for me. So that's when I started writing. And I even when I started blogging, I really... I knew it wasn't a journal, but I really had no idea that people would actually search like they do for sober blogs. I mean, it was a complete surprise to me. But all I can say is that I found it, I think, for all the right reasons because the community is unlike, well, I mean, just in general, the sober support community is is amazing, but it's different in blogging. You get to reach so many more people than you would just attending local meetings. So it's really something if you like to write or you'd like to read, I mean, I really couldn't recommend it highly enough. You know, it's, it's, it's been amazing. This is Jean and I, what you said just touched on something that was a surprise to me because I didn't really know anything about the recovery community. And that is that people in recovery, helping others is, is part of how we stay sober. And, mm-hmm. and I didn't know that. So I was, completely flabbergasted at the way sober people who found my blog would reach out and offer me support. Did that surprise you, Kristen? It it did, and I was just thinking, I think Mrs. D was one of the first people to to comment, because I think she started blogging maybe sooner in the process than I did, but just just that the people, yeah, that they cared and, and that they would just reach out not knowing, and I think that really taught me to comment on especially new people's blogs, too, to not be afraid. But I think in going to meetings early on, I, I had a little bit of a um, a hint that that was not only a normal thing to do, but a really helpful thing to do, too. So, But really, um, really, yeah, it really does. I think it, this is Catherine, and, and just the way you're talking about it as well with the you're helping people by putting yourself out there and then they're helping you by commenting back and sort of it's this really nice circle. And that's that's what I always try to remind myself when when I'm going through a hard time. It's like get out of my own head, connect mm-hmm. with another person in recovery, and even if they're struggling or even if they haven't even quite gotten sober or even if they're just starting out, it doesn't matter. They help me more than I probably help them. Um, and it's so nice that sort of blogging can still maintain this dialogue or this sort of circular, um, you know, exchange. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Kristen, do you find that some of your readers or people that aren't in recovery, do you get feedback 
from we call them normies, <laughs> the people that don't have a drinking problem. Do you have do you have any feedback on your blog from from people outside of the recovery community? I, I think some. I think most of the people who read my blog are either in recovery or looking to be. And and I think what Catherine said about um, being mindful of people that maybe aren't quite there yet, because I think it's a challenge sometimes. I I guess I hold back a little bit sometimes because. Um, it, it's hard watching people fail. You know, it, it really it, it really affects me personally. And I, because I guess in the back of my mind, I always wonder, is that going to happen to me? And I don't want it to, and I hope that it never does. But um, it, it's been a real eye-opening experience, you know, having all different kinds of people read the blog. But um, um, I think in general, I, I, I write, especially now, I mean, I've been sober um I, I kind of feel like I've kind of covered all the earlier topics already, so I'll, I'll write about nonsense all the time and um, like everyday stuff. So I think probably people, like people who aren't in recovery may comment more, but even those people that maybe don't that not in recovery, they still know someone who's affected by it. Or I, I had a woman recently um, who started following my blog, and I started following hers, and she's not in recovery, but she has I think a father-in-law. So I think that's really cool to see it kind of reach out and, hey, if that helps her some way and I can learn something from her, I think that that's like extending that connection a little bit further. And that that's really that's really rewarding to see. Mm-hmm. That is. And I, we mentioned earlier about trying to break down the stigma of mm-hmm. of uh, addiction by telling our stories. Um, it certainly wasn't what I set out to do, but when I realized that I had the, the ability to help do that by um, telling my story, that was when I even went so far as to put my picture on my blog and my first name because I really wanted readers to see that even though I didn't want people to know who I was in my town and in my life, Mm -hmm. I I got to the point where I thought it's more important that people can see, people reading the story can can see that I'm a, quote, normal. I don't know how normal I am, but I'm normal looking (laughs) anyway, (laughs) that that I think that we all, when we see each other, we we see ourselves, right? Have you found uh-huh. that that, um, you know, despite the stigma around recovery, we can sort of help break that down by putting ourselves out there? I'm curious how each of you feel about that. Good, yeah, that's first, really. Do you think? Oh, okay. Um, it, that's I I that's a interesting question because on the one hand, I feel very safe in the blog. I've I you know what I mean. I feel like people who are there want to be there, and they're not there to judge, and so I feel very safe there, and I realized that if I were to take that same mindset and apply it to my everyday life, well, that wouldn't work. I mean, I I couldn't be that open, and, and I still hold back a lot of my blog, um, and maybe that's something for me to work on down the road, but I feel protected there. But I also think that just by opening it up, opening, excuse me, opening up and sharing, even just a little bit, that maybe that that helps someone else do the same and if we all just maybe do a little bit at a time and do it judiciously and carefully and follow our instincts and I'm not going to tell certain people why I don't drink and most people don't really ask actually I think that's something I learned early on is most people don't care you know they really mm-hmm. I, I don't even need to really volunteer why I'm not drinking and if I sense that someone's interested I'll tell them and depending on the vibe I get from them, I mean, I may share openly or I may hold back a little bit, and that's okay. But, I mean, I think maybe a little bit, if if everyone feels safe to talk about it a little bit more, everyone else who does drink normally will get a little bit more used to it and a little bit more tolerant. And I don't know. I'm hoping that it's a cumulative chain reaction and that we can all, you know, contribute. 
Mm-hmm. It's an exciting thought to be to be mm-hmm. making that difference at this time. I, I feel like we're at a really important um, time. There's just such a change in the air for advocacy and for sort of stepping out of the shadows, and there's a lot of excitement around it. Um, the, you've probably both of you have probably heard of the film The Anonymous People. Um, mm-hmm. Mrs. C, I don't know if you're hearing too much about that in New Zealand, but it's a, it's a really exciting indie film that's making the, the rounds around North America right now and is sort of encouraging people in recovery to just let people know that and sort of changing the language and and um, letting us control the image and break down the stigma around I've, addiction. I've heard a little bit about it, but... I, I agree with you that I feel like, I mean, it's hard for me to judge if it's just because I'm obsessed by being sober and it's all about my life, but it does feel like there's a change coming and that certainly in our society here there's a lot of talk about our drinking culture and the problems it causes and there's a lot of chatter about that, you know, from police and the health professionals and what have you and yet there's there's no one that talks, no, and I know some I know of some famous or you know well-known people in New Zealand who are sober and in recovery, and they never talk about it. And I just, I, I sort of feel weirdly, completely unashamed, and I'm very open to everyone I meet about the fact that I don't drink because I've got a problem with it and I can't moderate. I'm not ashamed about that, and maybe it's because I'm in a position where I'm saying, and look at how strong I am because I stopped. <laughs> but I'm not. It doesn't. To me, it doesn't mean that I'm a weak or a bad person because I got addicted to alcohol. I mean, alcohol is addictive. There should be no shame or stigma. Mm. And I really do feel that those of us in recovery, which is why I'm going to go public with a book and sort of really open myself up and and talk really openly about who I am and and what I've done and getting sober because, um, like I said before, I just think only if we do that will other people see that it's actually possible to remove alcohol and live without it if you can't moderate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, Kristen, how about your friends and family? What's their bit reaction been to your sobriety? Well, I tell you, I, I'm very inspired by Mrs. D, and I think I wish I was that brave. Um, I, I I wish <laughs> I was that open, and maybe it's something to, to strive towards. Um, I... My husband knows about my blog. Um, he has, he followed my old blog, and it just seemed natural to tell him at the time. And he's been really supportive. And I think um, um, he um, has, has always encouraged me. Maybe it's a good outlet for me. And um, I have a few friends that I've told about it, but my extended family, they don't know that I write the blog. They know that I don't drink. But I just, um, I'm a pretty private people, so I've just decided not to, to tell them and and again, I, I I'm very inspired by Mrs. D because I know she's right. When she said alcohol is addictive, it, it seemed like such a dumb moment. I'm like, yeah, it is. And why do we have <laughs> to go back and time, I, to it? <laughs> at the same time, so I really point. think that you've got to look look after you, you know yourself and what suits one person doesn't suit another. And I'm, you know, some people don't want to talk about it, and and I don't want to criticize them for not you know what I mean like no, it's, all, of course. it's okay Absolutely. for me it suits me and my personality and I'm uh-huh. I'm happy too but if people want to you know so um, yeah I've got to be careful I don't want to come across as everyone who's sober should be open about it how dare they not oh, no. you know it's it's do what works for you and I just feel uh-huh. like for me anyway I know I can I can talk freely and so I'm going to 
and that's very inspiring. I'm glad you said really that. Is. It is inspiring, and it and it's. It, I'm glad that you made that clarification too, because you're right. There's there shouldn't be pressure to um, to to come forward with that information if you're someone who doesn't want to do that. But I think I feel pressure sometimes to not tell people. <laughs> And um, because you know you're supposed to be anonymous, and um, and there's times where I I sort of wish we could, uh, um, you know, just take that pressure away. And as you said, let's all just be ourselves and let's tell the story that, you know, let's 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 be open in the way that we're comfortable with. And I I think our society is getting towards that in in a number of areas, and we're much more accepting of people being different or or you know marching to a different drum in a whole bunch of ways in our society and and I think it's high time that we sort of brought recovery into that as well and as you say especially for those that are comfortable with it mm-hmm. um so Chris and I we keep going all over the map here and there's so much I want to ask you but tell us about how blogging and your recovery have kind of gone hand in hand over the last two and a half years what's that journey been like for you well, it's really led to so much more than I ever would have imagined. And I, also, I wanted to agree when when I, Steve and Catherine had commented, and I'm sure you did as well, but at the time, imagine life without alcohol. And it wasn't, I hadn't done it. I mean, I'd been drinking since I was really right. lived as an mm-hmm. adult without it. So, and wholeheartedly want to agree that, I mean, it's been, what everyone says, which is it's better than I could have ever imagined. And sure, there's low points and flat points, and they're fine. I mean, they may be a little painful in those moments, but you come out of them. You always come out of every lull that you're in. And what blogging has done has opened up all these other little outlets. Like from the beginning, I followed um, Christy from Running on Sober, and I think it was Tara from The Act of Returning to Normal, and they're both runners and Mm -hmm. sober. And I was an avid walker and exerciser, but I'd never run. And I always, I always thought running just sounded really hard and painful. And I don't know. I guess I read enough of their posts, and I, I got a little bit bored with walking, and so I decided to try it. And it's been a really important part of my recovery. Although I haven't been doing much of it with this winter, it's it's become an outlet for me. That but yeah, exactly. It's first, we're, I'm, must be near Catherine because we're going to get another. I think set of snooze. Um, yeah, it's there. It's there if I want it, and, and and so that's kind of only come to me through blogging. I don't know that I would have found that elsewhere. And just learning that I'm normal with wanting to eat sugar all the time, and um, I'm trying to think of all the other. Oh, and learning about like the how the benefits of meditation and prayer. I mean, I may have found that on my own, but I really, I don't think so. I'm not a big researcher, or at least I don't necessarily do something with it. And there's certain accountability that. If you if you read it on someone else's blog post and you make a comment, you kind of feel like oh, maybe I really should actually try that and do that. And so it's more that connection and and how it's kind of added to so many more tools and things I can try. And I and I constantly feel like I'm 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 trying to stay open to new ideas because I stagnate just like everybody else does, and that's okay. I and mean, you have to kind of do what works. And if it isn't working anymore, try something else. And I think the most important thing that I, I need to keep constant is to definitely stay in touch and contact with people who are like me, you know, who are people who have less time and more time but who are all in recovery. 
And Kristen, did that surprise you as you sort of got to get to know some other um, bloggers and other people through the online recovery community? In When we're in our addiction, we sort of tend to feel like there's nobody like me, like I'm the only person who's like this. No one could possibly understand. And Were you surprised when you sort of got to know some other bloggers and other people and realizing, oh, my goodness, these people are just like me. We're all, we all have so much in common. Exactly. I mean, it was more, I, I'm still just dumbfounded at these friendships that have come out of nowhere. I mean, I, I didn't make friends easily. And since I've grown up and had kids and busy lives, I mean, I, I'm kind of quiet in real life. And this was such a such an outlet for me. But I met people and just forged these amazing connections that they almost feel to be true, but I know they're not. I mean, I know they're. I know that these people are far away, but they don't live near me, so there's that, there's that downside. But I do feel like we can be there for each other in a way that they aren't going to get from people who aren't going through the same thing, and likewise for me. Yeah, and one day we'll so have a real hug, Kristen. I know. I I just I love hearing your accent. I have to say that just this made my day. <laughs> <laughs> Being able to hear you talk in real life, I, but it's amazing. It doesn't matter. We're all across the world, and it hardly matters, and it, it feels so easy and natural, and mm. it's, I'm incredibly grateful for it in a way that is hard to explain unless you're, you know, unless you're yeah. like us, and <laughs> then you know. Yeah, I feel the same. Here, yeah. here. Yeah. This is Catherine, and I, I just, I really, I appreciate what you're saying, Kristen, about the importance of connection. Um, I mean, not only did I feel terminally unique, I was... I think I was deeply committed to being terminally unique in a way like Mm -hmm. that sort of fed. I had this real victim mode going on and that really fed that for me that like, there's no, no one will understand. And I also, I struggle with, with sharing and being vulnerable and, and really letting people in. Um, so to be able to make these connections that are just, they're so real and, and even, you know, even if you haven't shared a real hug with somebody that you met, it's it's absolutely possible to have um, those real friendships and real connections online. Um, I will say you, you sort of mentioned, well, you know, okay, sometimes they're halfway across the world and that's a downside. I will just bring that up that for me, um, as I've been finding that I've, I've been having to cultivate new friendships, um, I had so many sober friendships that I formed online that I didn't really have any in real life. And that mm-hmm. it was hard because, you know, Jean lives 3000 miles away. So there's only, you know, she can provide the support she can provide, but you know, I, so I kind of, I found that I had to do both that I had my real Jean is my real friend, but I also had to find real friends in my zip code as well that I could sit down and have a cup of coffee with. So then it, then that was super powerful to have. Now I've got a real global community. I've got people down the street from me and in other hemispheres. So mm-hmm. I just like to have readers think about that, that you know, it's great to sort of be online and exploring information and then making connections. But I think it's probably helpful too to bring it out from behind the computer too and sort of mm-hmm. it all supplements each other. 
This that is Jean. You're 100% right, Catherine. I, I think um, that there there's tremendous support online, and I, I, I believe that for a lot of people, it's what gets them started in recovery. It's the it's it's a safe place to explore and and start to connect and i think once we once we realize that we do have so much in common with so many other people it, it can give us the sort of courage to go and maybe go to a recovery group and and meet some people and i um you know i write my blog about self-managing recovery and and you know trying to do it yourself and i have to say that more and more i'm writing about the tremendous amazing experience when you have those real life connections and when you look in the eyes of someone else who's walked the same path that you're walking um and just when you just speak from the heart but sometimes you don't even have to finish sentences because that other person knows that's a that's an incredibly powerful experience and i don't think that anything really can match that there is tr- there's tremendous strength in just being in the presence of another person who gets it <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, Jean, this but, is but, Catherine. I, I, I can mm-hmm. I, I want to put you on the spot a little bit because you know certainly Unpickled is a blog that has a lot of resonance with people. So I mean, how did you sort of find your way to this path? And you know what some of the questions that you asked Kristen and Mrs. D. What are, you know what's your experience been? Um, well, the the reason I started blogging was because the night that I realized, like, I just had this incredible power, like a lightning bolt out of the universe. I was at a, a presentation, um, it, was a, it was a dinner, and the guest speaker was someone, um, was a motivational speaker. And she had said, you know, what's your, um, what's your goal? What do you want to do with your life? And everyone, I want you to close your eyes and think of a goal. And I closed my eyes and thought, oh, what am I going to think about? And I was sort of starting to think about some traveling I wanted to do. And all of a sudden, it was just like, it was like a light fell on my head or a board hit me in the chest. And I'm like, I have to quit drinking. I just, mm-hmm. it was just that face-to-face, probably because my eyes were closed, where I realized, you know what, I am I know I'm going to die if I keep doing what I'm doing. I just knew I, I was on a bad path. And it so happened that that, speaker that night was a blogger and she was telling a story of how she mm. her gift to her mother for her mother's I don't know 90th birthday had been that she blogged every day wrote a paragraph about her mom and then she turned that blog into a book so I think that I didn't know anything about blogging but her story kind of planted that seed and it took me a couple days to get the courage to quit drinking but right on the first day, I thought, okay, you know what? That worked for her. I like that idea. I think I'll just keep this little online journal, and um, and and that's how it started. But as as Mrs. D said, as as readers started to comment and to and to connect with me, um, I was so alone and I was so scared. And and to have someone message and just say. Um, you're going to be okay. You know, this is this. The, I I stood in my kitchen and cried that first day. I, I remember I I had posted the blog and I went to sleep and I, I I was making coffee the next morning and flipping through my phone and and you get emails when people comment on your blog. So I opened my emails and here were a few comments and I and some Twitter activity had happened and I just cried and cried and I it was a I oh I could cry right now telling you this. I knew I wasn't alone. And as soon as I knew I wasn't alone, then it, it gave me a new kind of strength. Um, 
I, I don't know if I if I could have done it entirely on my own, um, but just having those that feedback just propelled it. And so I thought, oh well, this is interesting. I'll keep documenting my journey. But pretty pretty quick, I realized that um, it was a reciprocal kind of communication, and that what I really started to do, and I I can tell that both of you do this in your blogs as well. I really started to look for the lesson, and and I saved my posts for when I found you know, something, to, that food for thought or just a new understanding or a fresh perspective. And so I, I try to, I don't blog as often. I, I blog maybe once or twice a month, but that's kind of, the lessons do come really hard and fast at the beginning. And as you go on, they they start to come a little bit slower as as um, as as life becomes more normal without alcohol. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I really try to sort of find um, something that I can give people to think about and chew on and respond to. So that's my experience. And it's amazing. I, I always thought I would write a book one day, but I can't stop blogging because I love that you can see that map of the world and all the countries that have read your blog that day and the comments and the the feedback is immediate. I know from being a musician and I've released some CDs in the past and when you're performing in the room with someone, it's immediate. You can see if their eyes light up. You can see if they wipe a tear or if they leave or whatever. But <laughs> as soon as you record that music and people hopefully buy it, then it's gone. And they, I, the first time someone said to me, oh, yeah, I was I was um, doing laundry and listening to your CD, I was like, what? I wasn't there. I didn't know that. Like It, I, it really freaked me out that people were able to listen, experience my you know that something so personal to me without me being in the room, and I love that about blogging is that you really are connected to how your writing is being received and either agreed with or disagreed with or all of that. I, I love that part of it, and I just I, I don't want to give that up. So I'll mm-hmm. keep blogging for sure. How about you, Kristen? Do you find that as well? Yeah, I, I really have tried to never. Think even setting up because it seems like going through a dry spell. You turn around and two days later something comes up and you you have something to write about. And so I've tried never to put a lot of pressure on myself to fit a certain schedule, but I I do try and write once once every other week. And as long as I'm enjoying it right now, I will keep doing it. And I've actually recently thought that I want to go back and maybe revisit some topics that were maybe too painful or too raw or maybe I just hadn't had time to really think about what I wanted to write and I don't know if I'll do that but I have thought about doing that recently and because actually my friend um, blogger Josie from who writes a blog um, Miracle is Around the Corner she's always been very recovery centric and I've gone off of Oh Kristen you, you, you um, beeped out there can you say that again? The Miracle is Around the Corner. Great blog. And tell us what oh. you were saying. Um, she she is still very recovery-centric, and I've always respected that about her, her blog. I've always admired that, and I feel like I've gotten a little bit, I get more reverent, and I'd like to bring it a little bit back at times and, and just be aware of that. And she had recommended, I had made a comment, something about how hangovers had saved me, and she said, oh, that would be a good topic, so I thought I should really delve back in and, and here and there include some more serious topics. So, But I, I do still intend to do it, and I was talking about another blogger friend and saying that over time are we going to be 80 years old and still blogging because if, if you disappear in a blog, people wonder where you went, you know. So 
I would right. like us to yeah. have it. So. Um, one thing that uh, our other co-host, Amanda, who's who's off tonight, when when I first came on this show as a co-host, she very gently reminded me that um, that just because you're doing all the talking on a Sunday night does not mean that you're an expert, that in recovery we can never start to feel like an expert. We always need to to take the time to listen. And do either of you struggle with that at all, that, um, that you – you know, sort of have to measure your voice and make sure you're not coming across as, as um, you know, an expert or a coach or a, anything like that, but really just stick to sort of telling your story from your perspective. How about you, Mrs. D? How do you stay on track with that? Um, I find that if, I'm, if I've been going along quite happily for a while, I do start to think, oh, I'm being, I'm being a bit... Um, boring or am I what am I doing this for am I just sort of trying to tell people you know my a friend of mine once said to me a sober friend who I met through the blog here in my city she said it's it's modeling sober living so I always just try and put details in like I went to a party and this is what happened or it was Friday night and here's what I had to drink so I just try and kind of keep it really ordinary but always right. if I'm getting to a point where I feel like Oh, this is boring. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm just, I haven't got anything to say. Then, then something will happen, and I have a tricky phase, and I write about it, and suddenly it turns around, and and the blog is becoming helpful to me again, and people are helping me. So I never kind of, I, do, I definitely don't feel like an expert because I still have Friday nights where I think, God, a glass of wine would be perfect right now to take <laughs> me away from all this reality. <laughs> and uh, and so I write about that. So I'm probably more mindful of not wanting to come across like being perfect, you know, that that cuz mm-hmm. I don't it's what I find more tricky is that I don't want to sometimes if I have a, a rough night, I think, oh, I shouldn't blog about that because I don't want new sober people to think, oh, look, it's still hard after 2 years. I don't want to do it. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like if I'm almost like it's I should be it should be easy all the time. I sort of sometimes right. I have this voice in my head saying, Don't show that it's not easy because then people might be put off and then but I squash that down pretty quickly and I think, No, I've got to well, I just can't help but be honest. So I'm always just being real and then if people think, Oh, after two years she's still having pangs, I don't want to get sober then that's unfortunately going to happen because sometimes, I wouldn't call them pangs, but sometimes the glum phases do still come. So, yeah, I'm more mindful of just being honest all the time, I suppose. I think that, thank you, I, Catherine. I think that's so important. I mean, the if somebody's going to, well, if I were still out there, I know myself, I would, have, I would glom on to any excuse or any justification to, stay drinking so if that was going to happen then I guess that would happen but for the newcomer in sobriety I just had this experience I'm I'm coming up on two years in a few weeks here and I've been having a really hard yeah well thanks I mean one day at a time sisters because it's it's been a very tough this has not been an easy month for a variety of reasons but the last few days, you know, the siren song of the champagne has been 
quite dreadful. I mean, worse than it's been in months and months, ages, really. I can't even think. And so I shared that, and somebody with a few months' time said, boy, I'm, I'm really glad to hear you say that you're having a hard time because, you know, I just sort of thought, oh, is it just me? I'm a newcomer. And yeah, and, and by the way, I mean, at two years, I still think of myself as a newcomer. But, you know, somebody with a few months saying, I, sometimes I look at people with more time and I think, oh, they make it look so easy and I'm not doing it right. And so yeah. that was just a, that was an interesting perspective. I hadn't thought of it that way. That for her to see me being real and to admitting, you know, the time that I was having, it was it gave her permission to have her own feelings and you know bumps on the path too. If that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, it does. And I think in early recovery, two years sounds like such an eternity. I mean, when when you're in that place where I know I felt like, how am I going to get through a day? Like, what do I do? What am I going to do tonight if I don't drink? What, mm. what am I going to do? What do people do that don't drink? That was just such... <laughs> like, I'd gotten so far from normal life, <laughs> I guess. And um never occurred to me that I could just sit and do the same thing with a mug of tea in my hand instead of the bottomless fishbowl of wine. But... Anyway, when when two years just sounds like such an eternity, and I really thought that if I ever made it that far, um, you know, if I if I could live through two years without alcohol, if I didn't just die from sadness of missing it, that that um, that I would have it licked. Like I, I I thought, oh, I will by two years I'll so have this under control. This will be so easy by then because everything will have changed. And it shocks me to to no end that um, there's still just so much work to be done. I mean, recovery is very little of it is about not drinking. I mean, not drinking is, is important, but that just opens the door to all the work that you get to do on yourself to really address what was behind all that drinking, right? And I'm, I'm just so surprised that, that those lessons just keep coming. I mean, now I don't wish them away. I hope that I'm 92 and still discovering new ways to better myself and to to rediscover the world. Do you guys find that as well? Are you surprised that at this point in recovery that you're still learning so much? Yeah, I still have a very deep-rooted belief that life should be upbeat all the time, and I still struggle with feeling like it's a failure if I am having a, a, a hard or a flat, you know, mm-hmm. glum phase. Mm-hmm. I still... Yep. I hate admitting it, but it's true. I still feel like this is a failure. I shouldn't be glum. <laughs> and I and then I have to work on it and remind myself this is life. It ebbs and flows. It's ups and downs. It doesn't have to be a concrete reason. This is just the normal way that human beings are. And, and I'm still getting used to that. I am. I'm still adjusting to it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's part of people-pleasing? I think it's just that I find it very difficult to sit with sadness or melancholy or any kind of seriousness. I think it's just that, no, it's very personal for me. It's just that I don't like, I I feel uncomfortable, I don't like that feeling. I want to be cheerful all the time, la, 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 (laughs) you know, and I just, I just, 
I'm still, yeah, I mean, I I always feel so great when I get through a glum phase and haven't had a drink and I, I lift up again and I'm like, oh, here I am and this that was okay and I can look back now last week and and it makes sense or it was all right or I survived and... But when I'm in it, I still feel uncomfortable about it. Yeah, I, I have to admit that. But that, that was because my whole modus operandi, and this is why alcohol helped me, was to keep things upbeat all the time. And that's just not life. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Life's a party. <laughs> yeah, but one thing I'm <laughs> amazed you, is how different people's, you know, drinking, what they drank for different reasons and their recovery takes a different form. You know, it's so individual. My story... Parts of my story people will relate to, parts they won't relate to at all. Um, you know, and it's the same for all of us. It's so individual, which is why it's good to to meet and talk and read with a, a variety of stories because bits you'll relate to and bit, other bits you won't. Right. right. I, uh, I know I... Okay. I just wanted to... Uh, agree that it's even helpful hearing Mrs. D saying that it's still hard to go through glum phases because I know it's rationally that of course we're still gonna we're still human and we still feel things and we still have rocky times but when I get like that and I I do of course I mean I, I guess you know I'm I'm gonna have this for the rest of my life where I get those pangs and I want to drink and I, or I just want you know I want to be numb and however I can get there and those are great afterwards, not in the moment. In the, in the moment, they're actually terrifying, but afterwards, I think they're really good reminders of why the that I can't drink. And so I try to look at it that way. Again, it's not easy to do in that moment, but afterwards, mm-hmm. I get to take away this reminder that nothing has changed, that I'm much happier and life is much calmer, but I can't go back, you know, so I don't know. That's all. Right. I always try to think of it as a uh as like an old boyfriend, you know, like there's mm-hmm. there's lots of old romances that I look back on fondly, and I think, oh wow, that was just such a you know such a wonderful relationship or whatever. But I mean, I'm happily married, and I have three kids, and and I'm very much in this life, just as I'm very much in sobriety. But I, I try to remember that that just because you look back on something with with sort of um, fondness doesn't mean that it's something that you would ever want back in your life again, right? You're in such a better right. place now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, ladies, we are running out of time, and I could talk to you both all night. This is just so great. Catherine, are you, um, do you have any other questions for, for Mrs. D and for Kristen? No, I just I just really want to say thank you so much um, to both Kristen and Mrs. D and, and really all of the bloggers who are out there talking about their recovery because it was it was really, really critical for me. I read blogs for, I'm not sure, but years. And the day that I got sober, I had secretly bookmarked. Um, it wasn't, I have Ellie's blog on my mind, One Crafty Mother, but it wasn't. I was uh, crying out now. I had mm-hmm. uh, bookmarked secretly and um found this buried bookmark. I, I don't why I bookmarked it secretly, like who was looking on my computer to find <laughs> recovery blogs that I was Googling, I don't know. But um I went to find it and that sort of launched my, my recovery journey. So I just wanna thank 
you all for um, your honesty and putting yourselves out there, and you're really helping a lot of people. Um, and for all the listeners, you know, go to these blogs and don't be shy about commenting. So you, you hear Jean and Kristen and Mrs. D all talk about how important that is for all of us sort of in the give and the take. So, you know, comment and share. We want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, climb in. It's a, it's a lovely, warm wise place to be very friendly very welcoming and warm and everybody's friendly and nice and they want to help you know they absolutely we want to help here yeah yeah that's true and there's a wealth of information there um and i i'm sure that that you would join me as well and as bloggers you know we're just so grateful to our readers and and to other bloggers who who comment and share and just the interaction all around. I mean, I would I would still write my story if no one else was reading it, but I wouldn't have healed and grown the way I have if it weren't for the interaction with readers and other bloggers. So. Mhm. Well, anything last? Any final thoughts, Miss D? The sunshine is gone, and it's now absolutely pelting down with rain, so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we uh, hate to leave you on that note. (laughs) Well, thank you for dialing me in from down in the far corner of the earth. It's been really, really lovely to talk to you all. It's lovely to connect with you. Thank you. It is. And I think that we have just lost Kristen. Kristen, are you still there? No, Kristen's no, call at has the board, dropped. Jean. Yeah. Yeah, I can see Kristen's call has dropped. So, Kristen, I'm hoping that you're listening. I want to thank you so much for being on the show tonight. And listeners, Mrs. D is going without can be found at livingwithoutalcohol.blogspot.co.uk or if you want, just go on the Google and search Mrs. D is going without and you will find her. Kristen writes at buybuybeer.wordpress.com, and you can find my story at unpickled.wordpress.com. And we just want to thank you all so much for your time tonight. The service that you provide to everyone in recovery is tremendous. Thank you so much, Mrs. D, for, for coming all the way across the waters and the continent to talk to us by phone tonight. That's no problem. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. And as we close out the show tonight, I'd like to direct our listeners to our parent organization, ShiningStrong.org. And there you'll find links to all of our resources, including the Bubble Hour and Crying Out Now, and links to some other initiatives that we're involved in with recovery advocacy. And if you'd like, you can go directly to the Bubble Hour's website, which is thebubblehour.com, and there you can listen to all of our shows directly from the website, or do what I do, follow the link and subscribe to the podcast. Thank you very much for listening, and um, we will see you next time on the Bubble Hour. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Bye-bye.